0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Melissa,
1: And I'm Royal.
0: And this is episode 14.
1: And we have a very, very special guest for all of you listening today.
0: Yes. Call me David Letterman because my next guest needs no introduction.
1: <laughs> and that is actually a Netflix <laughs> show if you guys haven't watched it. It's great. But yes, this next guest needs no introduction. She's a boss. She's the owner of Borboletta Beauty. If that didn't resonate with you right there, you don't know who or what company that is, then you need to just click off right now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> royal has turned into um quite the eyelash extension junkie and he he fangirled pretty hard during this uh during this interview yes <laughs> but it is with kimber james like royal said she is the founder of borboleta beauty and we uh, we're so excited to have her on she's absolutely incredible so grab your notepads because you're definitely going to want to take some notes and remember the things she talks about and let's dive in all right Okay, we are here with Kimber James. Kimber, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hi, thank you
2: for having me.
0: Awesome. Um, We are so excited to have you. You're somebody that we have been thinking about.
1: For a long time. Yeah,
0: pretty much since (laughs) we started the podcast. So yeah, we feel really fortunate that you had time to come and join us and share your expertise. So thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to always be able to talk with like-minded people about topics that you're really passionate about.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure that so many of our listeners know about you, but would you mind just telling us a little bit about you and your background in the aesthetics industry, the eyelash industry?
2: Yeah, definitely. So the quick one-minute version of it is I started my beauty career Back in 2005, I went to cosmetology school, and I didn't really fall in love with it, and then I ended up becoming an assistant at a salon because I love the beauty industry. I'm a beauty junkie, but I wasn't really connecting with the hair industry, and I did get my lashes done one day and it changed my life forever and uh, I knew that I was going to forever be involved in the eyelash extension community. I didn't know at what capacity and lashes were so new. This was around 2008-2009 and then I, I took my first lash training class and really my life changed forever that day and fast forward now to you know 2020 and I started my my own company, um, we distribute eyelash extension products, supplies, aftercare, and we provide education to lash artists all around the globe. We've, uh, we're a global brand and an award winning brand, and it's been an extreme roller coaster, but I, I absolutely love what I do, and I thank Lash Extensions every single day for changing my life in, in more ways than just one.
0: That's amazing. Wow. I love that so much. Um, I love that you went through cosmetology school and even though maybe the hair portion wasn't exactly for you, it opened the door to something that was perfect for you and that completely changed your life and you were able to find your passion in. So I think that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you, so the first time you got your eyelashes done, you said that was around 2008, 2009. How long was it between then and when you took an
2: eyelash extension
0: class? It
2: was months. I, I want to say six months or so. Okay. It was pretty quick. Yeah. That's awesome. And then from
0: when you started doing lashes, how long was it before you started Bortoletta?
2: That was a little bit longer. Uh, I did lashes for five years. It, like, it was my religion basically. I mean, I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I started clients usually at 6, 7 a.m. And then I worked until 11 o'clock at night. And I did that basically Monday through Friday. And then most of the time, even Saturday and Sundays, maybe not as early and late. But I did lashes seven days a week for five years straight.
1: Oh, my. That's dedication.
0: Gosh. Oh, my
2: gosh. <laughs> How? Okay. I had debt
0: to pay off.
1: I heard that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That
0: that's such a big one that we think about a lot. We're like, okay, you've got to be working to pay off all your student loan debts and everything like that.
2: <laughs> that is. Um, I had credit debt. Unfortunately it wasn't student loan, but because I did lashes, and I, I I stopped doing hair almost immediately after I learned doing lashes, and it was such a quick transition that I immediately just saw the power of lashes and the need for lashes, and mm-hmm. I paid off my debt in an entire. It took me a year, and then I started from there saving money and putting money in the bank, and uh, it was really exciting. I I never had been financially secure until I started doing lashes and just hustling. It was it was really exciting.
1: That's crazy. I can't imagine. Since I'm a police officer and we work like 10 to 12-hour shifts, I work four days a week. I can't imagine working seven days a week. I call off twice a, twice a week out of the four <laughs> days I work.
2: <laughs> I know. I think I just – my brain is just wired to, to work. I love it. I have an obsession with – not an obsession necessarily with being at the office. I, I I have an obsession and passion with what I get to do every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people always say it's not work when you love what you're doing. And it's not to say that every single day I wake up and I'm like, yeah, I would rather be like breaking my back or in a strategy meeting than I would rather be like having cocktails with girlfriends. But I absolutely love what I do because I love the end result and I love the lifestyle that lashes have been able to create for me and so many others. Mm That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I think that's so necessary to have success in this industry because there are so many distractions. I mean, even like you were saying, of course, you'd rather go and hang out with your girlfriends or spend the day shopping or go on vacation or whatever. But you recognize that in order to be able to enjoy those things, you need to put in the time and the effort. and bring about those results for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I want to circle back really quick to um you talking about paying off your debt because we have actually been talking about making a course uh about like spa budget and making sure that you are charging appropriate pricing so that you not only can afford to pay for your business and all of your supplies and booth rent and everything like that, but also Thrive within your personal life and pay off any debt that you have, and put money aside so that you can save. Because, I mean, growing your business that does cost money in a lot of instances, and so I just think that I love hearing that you have an experience where you're like, okay, I've got to work. I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm going to set aside money, and then you were able to reap the rewards from that.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I love that you guys are doing that class. I think that's so necessary because. You know, you don't you don't understand when you're in cosmetology aesthetic school that once you get out, it's all up to you where you go in this industry. It's not like you get hired on somewhere typically with a nine to five that's going to give you a cushy $90,000 salary. You really have to bring those clients in the door, whether you're getting commissioned for them or tips from them or your booth renting. Your success is pretty much reliant on what you do with it. And I, I think that that's not something that's taught, at least from my experience, it hasn't been taught. It's not being taught very much to lash artists currently. So I think, you know, we have to look at the beauty industry as a whole and realize that it's booming right now. It, the beauty industry is, there's so much capacity still. It's not overly saturated. No matter what people say, there's a niche for everybody you just need to find what that is, and you need to hustle, and you need a business plan, and I think that that's smart. I love that you're doing that for these individuals.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I I want to touch on something you said there, um, because you started Warbleta, and there were already eyelash extension companies, um, you know, there was Minkies, and I think Lash Bomb or whoever else before, and um, but you didn't go into this idea with a scarcity mindset, from what it sounds like. Because even though there were other people who were providing perfectly good lash extension supplies, you still decided to come out with your own company, your own education, your own supplies and everything. So how did you avoid having a scarcity mindset and thinking there wasn't room for you?
2: I just never think that way. I, I, I know it. that that's a pretty vague answer, but your competition will always tell you the things that that you don't want to hear. and. I think you just go into things, you need to have the fire in you to know that you really want to do something and then you don't ask for permission from anyone, you just do it. Yeah. And I think that that's where kind of a scarcity mindset comes from is we share so much of our dreams and our plans with people and then everybody weighs in on their opinions and then pretty soon you're like, oh, I'm weighed down, like I didn't know about this, 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 this or that so maybe I'm just not going to do it and we talk ourselves out of it. And a lot of times the people that weigh in their opinions on your dreams are people that don't want you to, to succeed in those dreams Mm -hmm. or they're people that they didn't succeed in their own dreams. And they don't, they don't believe that it's possible for someone to do that. And I think that that is a scarcity mindset. When people doubt what you're doing, you doubt what you're doing, or when people say, it's too saturated or don't go to cosmetology school because there's a hair stylist on every corner or don't go to esthetician school. You can't make any money doing that. Don't do lashes. Everyone does lashes. Now we all get into this mindset and really you, you, why are you asking these people for permission? Mm -hmm. It's your life, not theirs. So you just kind of need to jump in. Ignorance is bliss. And I really do believe in that. And I, I think, you know, you stop looking at what everybody else is doing around you. Get the tools that you need. Learn what you need to learn so that you can be successful. But ultimately, your drive is where your success is going. You, If you work and you have a vision and a clear picture for where you want to go and you get up every single day and you fail and you still love what you're doing, you're headed in the right direction. It doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. And more than likely, you'll look back at this journey that you've been on, whatever that goal is, and you'll say, wow, if I would have known everything that I was going to go through, would I have done that again? Maybe you wouldn't have, maybe you would not have. But I think really it's up to you how far you want to go with your dreams and your vision. And you just need to go for it and not worry about what anybody else says about it. Wow. I love that. You know what?
1: I'm going to say something right now, Kimber. Okay. And listen, I'm black. So I don't know if you knew that, but I am. (laughs) Um, And this is a huge compliment in our culture. And you are OG, okay? Do you know what? I'm, an OG, you're an original gangster, okay? Your thought process and how you go about things, and watch, I'm gonna see you one day, and I'm, gonna, and that's what I'm gonna say when I walk up to you, the OG, okay? And don't ever let nobody tell you
2: different. I
1: said it first.
2: Okay. Well, listen, we are launching something on the 9th, and I'm going to send it to you. That whatever you just said means more to me than you will ever know. Okay, oh, man. Yay.
1: All right. <laughs> All right. You're an OG. I'm telling you right now, that is amazing. Your thought process is amazing, and just so many people need to hear that, man. Yes. And even we needed to hear it. Yes. Like,
0: and I think that in you know, unfortunately, like yes, we're in 2020, and women are becoming more and more powerful. There is still this, I think, this underlying feeling that women need to get permission and that we can't go out and just create whatever life we want. We have to be, you know, nice to everybody and by being nice to everybody we can't shine too bright because then that might take away somebody else's, you know, opportunity to shine or whatever. And it sounds to me like none of that matters to you and you're like, "No, this is the life I want, so I'm going to go out and get it and it has nothing to do with anybody but me."
2: Yes. Yes, exactly. I think one other thing that we forget, too, is you know, you can blaze your own trail and not worry about what, what anybody else is doing around you. You don't have to be the, the most educated person in a room. But the key to success, to, at least for me, one of the keys to success is knowing how to read a room and how to read your audience and how to be a good people person. Mm-hmm. I think people that have amazing people skills go further than people that you know can sit in a room and and build an amazing spreadsheet or that can come up with a perfectly presented analysis or you know somebody that can sit and tell you how to invest your money. I'm not saying that these people aren't people smart, but as they've learned a skill, you also need to learn the skill of people smart to complement to be equally successful. If that makes sense. Yes. I, but you know, I've learned over the years that really the success Uh, that I've had in my business, the times that I'm not doing as well, or when I look at, you know, take a self-realization check, it really comes down to, I'm probably not being the best people person. I'm not engaging enough with people. I'm not giving people enough encouragement. Um, I'm maybe I, I need to work on my social skills. We don't give our social skills enough credit. And I really, was not the best lash artist. I didn't build a clientele because I was known for giving people the best set of lashes. I did good work, especially for what was being offered back then. But I was really known for connecting with my clients. And my clients came back to me because we had great conversation because I cared about them because I was invested in them. And I was not the celebrity at the lash appointment. They are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know how I've adopted that concept and I've taken that into my business and I've said, I'm not the celebrity. My employees are the ones that make this company go. They're smarter than I am. I hire them because they're smarter than I am. Um are they doing well? Are they mentally well? Are they feeling like they're accomplishing what they need to? And then our students, you know, when I come in, I'm not the celebrity. My students are, they just paid to take this training. I want to make sure that they leave feeling well invested. I want to read the room and make sure that they are, you know, if somebody I can tell isn't connecting with the concept. I need to go and spend extra time and attention with them. Same thing with my education team. You have to read a vibe and go with that and not just be oblivious to the fact that, you know, oh, I've I've done all these things. Now everybody needs to follow suit. You constantly have to be working on the room and the people around you engaging the vibe everywhere you go.
0: This conversation is speaking to my soul. I literally... Just so I've been reading the book Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. And one of the first things he has you do is um, like figure out your why. Like, why are you doing this? And I think that's something that a lot of people talk about now. And I was always like, well, I want to do it because I want financial freedom and to have a great life with my family, whatever. But he takes you through the seven layers of why. So you ask, why, for example, why did you start this business? Well, I did it because of X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, why did you want X, Y, and Z? And you asked that seven times. And ultimately what I came down to after my seventh layer was if I can't connect, then what's the point? And Uh just that realization that whatever I have, whatever talents I have or strengths I have or gifts I have, It's not about me. It's about connecting with people and connecting with my clients, connecting with my students, connecting with um, anybody that I can. I mean, even just saying hi to people when you walk down the street. But I just love that you have this understanding that without connection, that your your success and your brand wouldn't be worth as
2: much. Oh, definitely. It wouldn't be worth anything. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's, you know especially now because we have so much access to the world through uh, social media, you have to be an amazing people person. Mm -hmm. You just do. It's a skill set that people aren't talking about as much as I think they should be. And that's why I'm kind of addressing this, but being a successful business owner, yes, you need to have drive. Yes. You need to have a vision, but ultimately you need to learn how to work with people. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to work with employees. You need to learn how to work with clients and you need to learn how to work with the public in general so that you can be a person that people look up to. And it's not to say that someone who hasn't mastered all these people skills isn't successful, but things are moving more so in that direction. We just are such a hands-on community now. And, and so you just, I, I am constantly being mindful of, was that message that I sent that person, was that meaningful to them? Did they? gain what they needed from that. Like I'm constantly trying to read the vibe of everything uh, because that's that's ultimately the impression that people have of you and their business. So if you're an esthetician and you're taking clients all day, for example, and you do the best waxes and facials on the planet, yes, that is amazing. But you have to have the personality to go along with it for people to continue to connect to you or come back to you because what is Why are those clients coming to you? They come to you. What sets you apart from everyone else? Is it just the facial? Is it just your technique? No, it's the human connection and interaction that you have with them. And you have to be able to read the client. Do they want to talk? Do they not want to talk? Is it about them? Yes, it's always about them, the client. Don't make it about you. They're paying your bills. So find out what they want and go for that. And as part of what they want, they want an amazing service, but they also want a connection.
0: Mm -hmm. I just love that so much. I think it's all so important. And one thing I notice a lot is, um, you know, estheticians will message me and they'll say, hey, I'm really struggling with getting new clients and marketing my business. Can you help me with my social media strategy? And I ask them, well, what are you doing outside of social media? Because social media, it's like this counterfeit version of connection where you get likes or you leave comments, but you're not really reaching that person. You're not really interacting with them. Um, like the other day, somebody sent us a voice message and I was like, what is this? And I, I had never received one before. And just hearing her voice and having her say, you know, whatever it was she said, I was like, oh, this is cool. But it felt more like connecting than what I had experienced on social media before. More authentic. Exactly. More yeah. authentic. And so I tell, um, I tell these girls, I'm like, well, what else are you doing? Are you going out into your community? Are you, you know, putting the name of your business on a shirt and going and doing service projects, like, and meeting people and getting to know people around you, because that is how you draw people in is through that connection.
2: For Um, sure. Yep. You're totally right. And whatever your tactic is, just go for that. And not everybody is going to be the most social person. Like when I ride an elevator with someone, it's like my worst nightmare. I'm not the the first person to like make eye contact and chit chat. I'm like, go directly to my phone and answer emails. I don't know why that's such a weird space for me to be in, (laughs) but (laughs) you can't force someone who's a circle to be a square and vice versa. So you just need to identify What type of a social person am I? I'm this, 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 and that. And I'm not this, 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 and that. And you really need to play off of that. If you really are not somebody that can talk to your clients, I mean, I don't want to say that this isn't the industry for you, but you really need to identify how to connect with your clients. If talking to them isn't necessarily what you like doing, well, find a different way to connect with them. Is it a personal text message after? Whatever it is, human interaction and connection is something that is irreplaceable. And people skills are something that we constantly have to work on.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Let me ask you this. So I haven't been in the treatment room for a few years. Um, I was in a car accident and had to give up my business because of it. But before that, I noticed that uh, a trend in and I I actually haven't taken a warbletta lash class before, but a trend in the other lash trainings that I had gone to was like, make sure your clients don't talk during their treatments. Make sure that they, you know, encourage them to bring their headphones, encourage them to take a lash nap. You don't want to talk to them at all. You want them to stay quiet so that they can, you know, you can work on their face without their eyes moving or whatever it is. And for me, I felt like, that would have been detrimental to my business personally because I'm kind of like how what you were describing. I I did great work, but it wasn't the most flawless, beautiful Russian volume lashes. And I knew that my clients were coming to me because they loved me, and I loved them. So I was like, I can't tell my clients to be quiet. <laughs> I'll be out of a business if I tell them to be quiet. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do y'all, do you recommend engaging with your clients during? like a lash service or do you, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I can only speak from personal experience. And Mm -hmm. I know that there are several lash artists that say my clients come in, they put their earphones in, I go to work, they leave with great lashes and they're happy. Yeah. I think you need to identify what your clients want. You, again, these people pay your bills. Mm -hmm. You are not the celebrity. Your clients are coming to you because they connect with you, they like your work, and they're liking what you're doing, basically. Yeah. So you need to, to understand, this is my very strong personal opinion, what does my client want? Does mm-hmm. my client work you know, graveyard shifts and she comes in right after? Does she want to sleep when she's here? Because you sitting there and chatting all about her, that probably isn't what she wants. So. I'm not saying having good people skills is chit chatting an entire lash appointment. Mm -hmm. Connection is different on so many different levels. So connection starts with you identifying, like I said earlier, understanding a vibe. Can you read a room? Can you read a person? That's what you need to start asking yourself because every single client is different. And so you need to just really hone in on your clientele and understand what they're wanting. If you have a client that comes in, she lays down, you tape her eyes and she is just ready to tell you a story. Why would you ever stop her and be like, I'm sorry, please do not talk. I mean, if she's moving all over the place, you as a professional have to say, Oh, this is really interesting. And I know that you have, you know, this is like, something that I'm totally engaged in your eyes are fluttering so just be mindful because I also want to make sure that you leave with great lashes however you need to say that to them that's fine but Mm -hmm. if the client wants to speak with you speak to them if the client needs to rest let them rest Mm -hmm. if the client is more shy and they're just not a really chatty person ask them would you prefer to chat do you want to sleep do you want to listen to a podcast in your earphones or some music I'm here for you. You Mm -hmm. are my client. What can I do for you? You just have to be mindful of what they're looking for. And so that's why it's hard, you know, again, somebody who tells their clients that just put your earphones in and relax and don't talk. That's their style. And it's not to say that they're not successful. They connect with their clients on a different way. But through my personal development as a business owner and how I feel like I've Been able to look back and say, wow, you know, this is how I achieved this step and this step and this step. It's all through me being able to read people and understand what they're looking for and and what they're wanting. I love that. I
0: love that you aren't just black and white, like, okay, everybody's going to be quiet or everybody's going to chat, that you recommend looking at the current audience and giving them what it is that they need on an individual basis.
1: Yeah, I think it breaks it down to as simple as possible is just like that's just basic life skills Mm -hmm. you just have to learn how to adjust Mm -hmm. adjust the people you know
2: I take it a step further if you're a salon owner I'm a business owner there's some days that I come in the office and I have a mountain of work to do I don't know how I'm going to accomplish it and someone from my team comes in my office and I can tell that they're having a really bad day and my first instinct is to say, uh, can you come back or can you schedule a meeting or, you know, not right now, Mm -hmm. but instead I have to say, okay, this person needs me and my business is successful because they are here. So we need to identify what is going on here. So I'll invite them in. Hey, what's going on? Let's talk about it. I let them know that my day is pretty crazy, but you know, it's important. I understand what's going on in your life so that if you need to go home or if we need to just be on the same page with something, or if you're having an issue here at work, like your problems and what you're going through is so important to me that these things can wait. And I think, you know, we get so siloed as business owners and the fact that like, we have this, 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 and this to do, and we have become somewhat of a narcissistic community where it's all about us because we, you know, it's all about our social media, it's all about our success, it's all about being a boss, it's all about having the appearance that you have everything, that we only think about ourselves. And so that's where you kind of have to stay, take a step back and have some self awareness and say, Yes, I'm here because I have a why and I, you know, ultimately I want to be successful in what I'm doing, but the people around me whether it's my clients, my employees or, you know, my loved ones, they need a personal connection and I need to give that to them first so that we can continue moving towards this goal. And I think that's something that we overlook sometimes and again it's just going back to having good people skills and we really just need to get better. I think personally at identifying our surroundings and the people that are around us and what they're needing and realizing how much other people around us contribute to our success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think that, I mean, so much of what you said there resonates with what we're about with having boundaries, balance, you know, health and safety within your business, because being able to have some leniency and recognize, okay, I need to not only balance my responsibilities with, you know, my job description, but also balance taking care of my employees or clients or whoever it is and make sure that all of these things are functioning well, obviously have boundaries around how much time I can dedicate to each of these things, but not just become so, um, have so much tunnel vision that you can't disengage to take care of other responsibilities that you have.
2: Exactly. 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 If you're coming into work on a bad day and your clients can sense that, are they leaving with a good experience?
0: Right. Right. You know, not. And,
2: and that that's ultimately your name. When we say I put my name on that it means you put your personality on it too. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just your work. It's also if your client leaves with beautiful lashes, but they feel like, oh, she was just kind of, she wasn't really nice to me or she seemed like she was in a hurry or this, this and that. That leads your client to say, "I don't know. I mean, her work's great, but I could also go to someone else who does great work. Maybe I'll connect with them better." Yep. So we just need to be more mindful that it's not just, "Oh, I'm an amazing. I'm an. I have an amazing skill set." Your skill set also. You need to be an amazing people person to be in this industry as well. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Um. Speaking of having an amazing skill set, let's dive in for a second about the importance of, I mean, even though, yes, we're talking about you can have great skills, but you also need to be a people person. The skills are ultimately the first reason why people come to you in, you know, in the first place. So can we talk for a minute about the importance of proper education, um, keeping your clients safe, all of those kinds of things?
2: Yes, definitely. I think this is something that needs to be talked about more, you know, your clients, again, they pick up on every vibe when they walk in. And we see our studios every single day. They see it with fresh eyes. You know, they only see us every three to four weeks. And so starting off with everything, create an energy that is what you want it to be. Find a personality that's unique to you. But cleanliness, there, there's no personality really to cleanliness. You, you just need to make sure that your stuff is is kept clean and nice and that your clients can see that you value safety and sanitation because you know whatever service you're offering in the beauty industry whether it be hair skin or lashes what have you all consumers look at that and so take a step back look at your studio say okay do I wash my my bedding and my sheets? How often do I do it? Just do a mental checklist. Does the floor look clean? Is there a sticky wax on it? Do I need to clean that up? Because clients see stuff like that. Are the towels, are the linens, are all of those things fresh? Can my clients noticeably see how I'm sanitizing things? I don't have to say like, just pulled your tweezers out of the sanitizer. Just show that like you mm-hmm. have sanitation things. Do you have hand sanitizer by you? Are you just showing your client's through what you do, through your actions? Are you showing them that you value that? Because it doesn't matter, again, how amazing of a skill set you have or what type of people person you are. If you look like you're a dirty mess, then people are going to see that. And that's a vibe. And most people are not attracted to a dirty mess. I'm sure there's somebody out there, but I, I'm going to go with majority of people don't want to be in that type of environment. It's not uplifting and it doesn't have a high vibration. So just look around and just make sure your shit looks nice. Yeah. You know, it's it goes a long way for your clients.
0: Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Like I love how you said that you shouldn't have to say to them, okay, I'm taking your, I'm taking these tweezers fresh out of the barbicide where <laughs> they've been soaking for a minimum of 10 minutes. You shouldn't have to explain that to them. They should just have confidence and, just by looking at how you present your space, how you present yourself, that they just naturally assume that you care about cleanliness, that you're going to be keeping them safe.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to take it a step further. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. You don't have to come in every single day looking like you're about to walk the red carpet. That's, I mean, if you saw me right now, I definitely do not look like that. Here's (laughs) a pointer though. You need to look like you washed your face, brushed your teeth, Mm -hmm. brushed your hair, put on clothes that you didn't just roll out of bed in, and you need to look fresh. Mm -hmm. Again, there's probably someone out there that doesn't mind a dirty person, but I'm going to go with, again, majority of people want – To the person that they're getting their beauty services done, they want to be like, oh, I love it. Like, every time I go there, she smells like she has on, like, a nice, you know, mellow, soft, like, clean laundry perfume or, like – you know, I never smell like her hair's greasy or she, you know, she always has like nice clean breath or she she's just someone that like she values her hygiene or they value their hygiene. I know like it it seems redundant to say this, but I've had personal experiences where I've been out of town I have my main people that I go to that I'm, they're like my ride or dies forever and ever. But when I'm traveling out of town and I need to drop in for a brow tint or just, you know, like on miscellaneous services before an event, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I go in and it's a highly rated spa. And I walk in and the esthetician's literally like, oh yeah, I just came from a psycho class. And I'm like, ew. I'm really grossed out right now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm actually grossed out that you're going to be touching me. And I'm not going to be that person that's like, did you wash your hands after you got off the bike? Like you haven't showered. Now you're like all up in my face and I can smell sweat. Like then oh. I leave that place and I'm, I don't affiliate anything about the spa. All I affiliate is the person that gave me that literally smelled like a cycle studio. And I'm Gosh. probably a little bit more passionate about this, but for God's sakes, you're in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Like you got to show up for your clients who are in the beauty industry. Now Listen, we've all been there where your friend late at night texts you and she's like, ah, can you wax my brows? And you're like, yeah, I'm literally in my like yoga pants or whatever. And it's like, fine, whatever. But if you're like at the spa and you're taking clients and it is your job that day, just be fresh, Mm -hmm. be fresh. Look at yourself and say, if I was a client, would I come to me today? Am I representing my brand? Just ask yourself that. And I'm probably am a little more passionate about it than a lot of people, but I'm so mindful of these things as a consumer and as a business owner that I just, you know, you want to just make sure that you're representing, um, not only yourself as a brand, but as the beauty industry as a whole, we're only as good as our weakest link. So don't be put in that place of like, Oh, she was just, this did great work, but she was kind of gross. You know? Oh my gosh. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's so true. And I, I love how you said that you don't, think of these things as a business owner you think of it from the perspective of a consumer and that is something that we need to do in this industry we need to go and get services from other people we need to see what experience, you know what those experiences are like and see oh you know what she i think she probably just had lunch and i could smell her breath and it wasn't fresh so maybe maybe i need to make sure that i bring a toothbrush and i brush my teeth after i eat you know or whatever it is and pick up on these little things Like Oh, maybe I need to pack more deodorant with me because I personally sweat more throughout the day, whatever it might be, because people are letting us touch them on their bodies and touch their skin. And that's not normal in our society to have a stranger or somebody you don't know that well be in your personal space. And so be respectful of the fact that they're allowing you to be in their space and make sure that they don't have to wonder about whether or not you just ran a marathon or took a cycle class or whatever it might be.
2: Yes. If you went to your dentist's office or your doctor's office or your chiropractor, these are all people that are hands-on as well with individuals. If you went there and they walked in in their cycle shorts and, you know, little bit of glisten on their forehead and they were like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to adjust your back or I'm going to clean your teeth or I'm going to give you a physical, I literally, you would walk out of there.
0: Yeah. So why is it
2: any different when you're an esthetician? I mean, it's even more so like show up for your clients. It goes a long way and people, people will always, you teach people how to treat you Mm-hmm. and so think about that. It's not even just through actions, but it's how you physically show up for people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that sometimes you know, with our clients, we get we get to know them so well, and we get comfortable with them, and we're like, "Oh yeah, she's my client, and she pays my income." But at the same time, she's my girl. We're friends. It's cool, and we kind of start to. It's like when you start the beginning of a relationship, and it's always best foot forward, and then years down the road, you kind of you know just relax a little bit and you don't do those same things that you would normally do to make a good impression and yes you're building great relationships with your clients you're getting comfortable with them but that isn't an excuse to lower your standards or lower your professionalism yeah
1: money is involved now. mhm
0: yes so you have to exactly. keep, you
1: have to keep showing up like mm-hmm. you did for
0: day 1 mhm yeah it's so true yes yeah it's so true Okay, um Kim, this has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you for all of your insight Thank and you. for everything that you have shared with us. We uh we like to ask all of our guests to just briefly talk about what boundaries, balance, health and safety mean to them. So could you take a minute and discuss those a bit?
2: Yeah, I think just to encompass all of that, learning how to communicate with people is is really something like that encompasses all of those things that you're talking about. And a lot of this goes with mental health to me. So to me, it really means learning how to say no without apologizing, Mm -hmm. learning how to disagree without threatening or becoming emotional, Mm -hmm. and ultimately feeling very comfortable and confident in the way that you treat others and identifying how others treat you. And I I think the beginning of that just starts with how you're communicating and how that, you know, that affects your health because yes, your physical health is something, but our mental health is something that we don't talk enough about. And, And so I'm going to relate this more when you're talking about health to mental health. And I think that learning how to communicate also helps you set up really safe boundaries that shows that you respect yourself and you respect others. And then, you know, just safety in general, I think- that when you learn how to communicate, you learn how to be okay and with yourself and with other people's view of you, and you can feel like you're in a safer place by knowing that. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that you work on every single day. I'm actually going to pull up this quote, how to travel in time read, how to escape time music, how to fill time write; and how to release time breathe. And I think we need to go through all of these exercises and identify kind of where we're at, what we're feeling and get in touch with how we're feeling and then get in touch with how we're communicating with others around us. And I can promise you your boundaries will become more valued just in life in general and and your interactions with people and then you're ultimately just going to live in a healthier, safer space and grow a lot more. Yes.
0: I love all of that. I loved it too. That was so great. Thank you so much so for much. your wisdom. I just feel like So much of what you said is, I mean, stuff that I personally needed to hear, but I feel like it's things that so many of us need to, to hear and remember as we're striving to become successful and find joy in what we do in this beauty industry. So thank you for everything you shared, Kim.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. I I love what you guys are doing and I think that you're both just very interesting and passionate about what you're doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Where can our listeners connect with you? So
2: you can find my business at Borboletta Beauty and then my personal account, if you want to be spammed with <laughs> my child, <laughs> <laughs> my child and my office at Kimber James.
0: Okay. Awesome. So we will also link that in the episode notes so that y'all can um, learn more from Kim and from Borboletta. Thanks again for joining us, Kim. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Have a great day. You too.